Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Geekly Reveals. I should have brings you geeky news on a weekly basis. That's geeky, that's weekly, that's geekly. And I, my name is uh, Elon Musk at Brother Dom. Once again, I'm joined by my co hosts with the same name. Uh, would you like to tell people who it is that you all are? Hi, uh, it's me, uh, Italian Elon Musk, uh, and this is uh, one spicy meatball of a week. And what up? It's <laughs> me, the third Elon Musk, uh, with a soon-to-be-removed Twitter account, because I'm posting nonsense about being Elon Musk and how I don't pay taxes. It's, and I bought I Twitter because <laughs> I bought Twitter because I got divorced. <laughs> I'm a just the most a divorced guy. <laughs> Steph, Eric, how are y'all two doing today? <laughs> been a little while since you know, we've recorded yeah it's As. been good to see the good to see the pals well y'all saw yes. each other i've just been in like you know you banished me to the cave i had to learn about the allegory of the people in the cave then... <laughs> but now that you understand metaphor now now that i understand metaphor that. and symbolism i've come out of the cave and now i can see the performance rather than just the shadow of the performance yeah we're so, pretty excited about it yeah. we're soft launching experiencing real life yeah my third eye has been opened um you're coming out of your cave and you're doing just fine (laughs) yeah yeah you know was mr Brightside about plato's allegory absolutely not it was about like the bright side no (laughs) 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 no unequivocally no no. (laughs) it was it was about Um, like a dude being upset that he was in love with a prostitute (laughs) like I don't see how it's different than what I was talking about. You're right. I was wrong. With the shadow self and whatnot. Is yeah. that the plot of Persona 6? Yeah. The, the plot of Persona 6 is just the song of Mr. Brightside. Um, I learn new things every day. Embrace your true self. Come out of your cage. Do just fine. I am thou, oh, thou yeah. art I. <laughs> I. I was watching Persona. And I'm Mr. Brightside. <laughs> I am thou, <laughs> thou art Mr. Brightside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we haven't talked in a while. Yeah, that is that is clear at this point in time. We have come out swinging with the jokes, with the memes, with some hint to the news, and we're going to get into all of that. Uh, things are they're going. Some things well, some things bad. Uh, fun news: We're uh, sponsored by Grinding Coffee Company. Uh, more on them at the end of the podcast. You can get a deal on some tasty, tasty coffee, and we also have a link tree. Uh, that'll be linked in the show notes, and you can find that on our social media to find us wherever we're going to be in the next couple of weeks, months, years, or wherever, uh, however long this podcast and, and, and world lives for. Uh, but we got a... It's been an interesting week. I, I, I want to say that it was both a slow news week, but somehow a busy news week. I don't feel like we have a lot of topics, but they're all big old, you know, just meaty topics, like 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 throbbing meaty topics, and I think we're gonna get into some fun, uh, just jubilant discussion. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so much good stuff is going on out there, and yeah, good. There's, I, I'm looking at our list. I think there's one. Well, there's a couple good things on here, um, but I guess we could just. Do we want to start with some? Let's let's talk. Let's talk about Halloween. Halloween was a fun time. In a lot of places, I had some good Halloween fun time. I didn't just up. I didn't do anything for Halloween. I uh, kind of forgot that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, no it was stress, on a though. Monday, so I mean, my Halloween was like flying home from Florida. Although it was cute to see some of the the people at the airport in Halloween wear, I will say. Yeah, that was that was pretty nice. I, I kind of enjoy the the vibe of airports. So I, I went down to Key West uh, this vacation. You know, uh, Steph, you invited me. And it was funny right. showing up there and people were wearing tutus because it was a Tuesday in Key West. I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then coming home, people were wearing costumes. I'm like, oh, man, the Key West airport's always so fun. Uh, and then I landed Charlotte, I think, and people were also uh-huh. wearing costumes. And then in Pittsburgh... And I'm like, oh, so pretty much besides the TSA portion of the airport, the rest of the airport is just a nonsense zone through and through. It's just, <laughs> hey, be safe and secure. Nothing bad's going to happen. Go be chaos. We don't care. <laughs> I haven't been. To- well, I mean, like, I feel like it's just it's like when you hear about, like, the people who work at the subway in the Pentagon. It's like they might have secure, more, higher security clearance than most people uh, who are working at a mcdonald's but they are still working at a mcdonald's with the same amount of fucks that you give about working at any mcdonald's but they're in the pentagon yep. <laughs> just in the pentagon it's like do you think they um do you think the mcdonald's on the death star do you think they celebrate like halloween and stuff too or like wookie ween maybe i mean <laughs> yeah. you think they life celebrate day. that wookie ween life day oh god I, nobody should celebrate wookie ween <laughs> no i i mean you know, there's always the point made about, you know, just how many innocents were killed when the rebellion blew up the Death, Death Star. And then it's also like, well, if you're sitting at a table with Nazis, are you also just a Nazi, too? You know, like, I think but if in you space. Know. So, like, if you're sitting on a giant ball in space. That with is meant space to destroy Nazis, planets. Are you also one? I think it deter- I think that's based on how much you really know about what's going on there. Because you would, I have- I'm sorry, you wouldn't be on a giant space station with a giant fucking laser and not think you're the bad guys. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't think <laughs> that. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. No, no, you would know that. I'm saying there might be some people that were on that building that like I have I guess they're building another planet. Hey, you know there's a laser in this planet? There ain't no laser. Like, who, who would build a giant laser shaped like a ball, dude? Like, it's just, it it's was, just a space station, you man. Know, maybe before the first time it was used, before they blew up Alderaan, oh, yeah. maybe you could have claimed that you didn't know that it was a giant death weapon. But after that, like, your plausible deniability is gone. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. And you're sitting like, whew, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. What am I going to do? Leave? Then I'll get shot by the giant space laser, but I can't work here anymore. Right. That's why, like, the whole thing of, like, the Imperium, or the, like, the Imperial Army not being made... Look, this is getting too deep into the, like, the weeds of Star Wars, but, like, it made sense if they're all clones. Like, if they're all clones, and, like, then that's fine. Like, I mean, not fine, but, you know, like, that's all they know, so whatever. But the idea is that the Imperial Army had to recruit outside of the clones because they ran out of clones... So like Oops. clone machines broke. No more clones. Star Wars no more clones. <laughs> Start the McDonald's on the Death Star. Well, it's because like they're sorry, clone machines broke. <laughs> well, it's because like they're recruiting from like the planets they've conquered. Like it's like you know conscription and stuff like that. So like, oh, I don't. Even, 
that's probably not even voluntary at that point. No, like, the, yeah, the these are the bad guys. Means. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, well, they're going to shoot me now or shoot me later, so I guess I'll hope they don't shoot me later. Yeah. They want me to work on that ball. Oh, it's a weapon? I mean, that's the whole thing about, like, uh, Finn escaping from, I guess, Death Star, but a planet. Uh, <laughs> you know, it... He's like, yeah, I gotta get out of here. They shoot people. They shoot innocent people. Yeah. It's like, you knew that. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think you were training for? I I don't know. It is is kind of goofy. That's why Dr. Eggman was the ethical bad guy. There was just robots on the Death Egg. I don't think there were any sentient beings on there. Well, those robots were made out of animals, though, so... They didn't have free will. They They were stuck. They they didn't want to be there. I, I mean, I know that, but, like... It's still unethical to, to experiment on animals. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You can't sit In here that and be part like, of it, if it was just robots, like, oh, it's like, it's like, oh, we need to take one more step back from the unethical capitalism. Like, yeah. <laughs> In his defense, Eric, I don't think he was experimenting on the animals. It was just animal slavery. Right. He wrote a different war crime. Like, yeah, different war crime. Which it never made sense to me, because, like, in the Archie comics, when you roboticize an animal, it's just the animal became a robot of that animal. But in the games, when he roboticized them, it was like the animal was, like, inside the robot, but it was not at all shaped like that animal. (laughs) Yeah, I think those robots were, the animals were just fueling the robot. Like, they were just in the robot. I I don't, I don't, I'm not 100% sure he even needed to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Or if that was just his way of, like... Well, I gotta keep the animal somewhere. I need robots. These robots are hollow. Dr. Robotnik was just the Shinji's dad to the entire population of (laughs) animals on Mobius. (laughs) Just telling them to get into the robot. (laughs) Did you see in, like, a lot of the... So, so to the listeners into stuff, in Sonic 2, there's a level called Sky Chase Zone. It's basically like a breather level before you, like, take down Eggman's fortresses. And you're just Uh on Tails' ship, just flying through... You know, like... How he has the that red ship that's in the movie. So you're just yeah. flying through trying to catch up. And there's all these, like, you know, robots trying to stop you. So every time in Sonic 1, 2, and 3, like, all the... Any Eggman robot, if you blow it up, an animal pops out. It's like usually like a little bunny or a squirrel or yeah, something. Yeah, like, like a bunny, a squirrel or something. Some sort of innocent woodland creature. Yeah, which is fine while you're on the ground. Yeah, you blow up the robot and the animal happen? hops around. <laughs> so... In Sky Chase Zone, you blow up like this turtle robot, and a turtle just drops, and you're like, "That robot, that, that, turtle's that turtle's dead. gonna die." Yeah. Like, died. So in like he the newer, <laughs> in the newer ones, they made it so only birds fall out now, so it's like they plausibly <laughs> could fly away. But for a while, Sonic was like dooming at least twenty robots. So yeah, um, but besides that, y'all have good Halloweens. Y'all do any costumes you want to mention? I did. Well, I actually didn't end up doing a costume for uh, for Halloween itself because I feel like it's probably a little bit like Disney World where they don't like it when you wear costume to airport. <laughs> <laughs> like, but um, but I did wear my I have a like an orange Halloween dress that just is like orange with black uh, like moons and cats and pumpkins. It and just bats says Halloween on it. Thing. Yeah, just as Halloween across the boobs. Um, boobies. Boobs. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of my costume. Um, Anything in the time too? leading up to it? Because I went to a Halloween party before I went on vacation, and my partner and I were Chucky and Tiffany from the Child's Play series, or the Chucky series as it is now. 
which was very fun. Um, people liked our costumes, and I felt very cute and adorable. And then nice. during uh, during the vacation, I dressed up as uh, I did. Uh, what did I do? Like uh, like a punk girl. Uh, Rick. I did do uh, Rick, and you finally fixed my wig. And it, what else did I do? I felt like I did some. Oh, I was Chucky like again. A, you were I Chucky for, again. You did like a schoolgirl kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I did. I could not remember. Besides Rick okay. and the punk outfit, so it was fun. Yeah, cool. That was a Unity one night. That was cool. No. Yes, yes. Great, uh, great franchise. Good stuff. Um, so uh, a small moment of silence. I do want to bring up, or at least a somber moment. Um, Halloween. I, I feel remiss not talking about it. Um, there was an unfortunate event in South Korea during Halloween. Um, a bit of a crowd mm-hmm. crush incident. Uh, is is very unfortunate to see uh, the loss of life due to uh, just random chance, maybe negligence of like the authorities and planning situation. Um, but just as more and more stuff, uh, like more content is coming from South Korea to the Americas, uh, it does feel remiss not to uh, pay some respects to the people from the country while you know taking so much of their content. So just want to pay some respects to those lives lost and uh, wishing peace to the families. For real, agreed. Uh, Moving on, um, I was gonna bring this up. Uh, There's just been more bad news with that uh, the streamer that was hurt at TwitchCon. I don't want to get into more of the bad news, uh, but it does seem like she's able to move around a little bit um, and is having a obviously a rough time uh, with her back being messed up from that shitty foam pit. Um, And I want to just keep putting pressure on this to uh, various conventions and their vendors not to set up unsafe scenarios for. Uh, the guests and patrons of that. Um, it seems like she is recovering uh, slowly but surely, uh, that, which is good for her. I'm happy for that. Um, but this is, you know, a terrible life-changing event that should have never happened. So I want to keep just shining a spotlight on the uh, negligence from the companies there. Yeah, that was. It's still crazy to think about. Like. Yeah, and some. Uh, there were some other developments on that. I, I don't really want to speak on it just because it's it's uncomfortable and it makes me sad. But it's uh, rough stuff. And uh, I guess the last little bit of bad news before we get into the humorous bad news, um, there was just like the news about uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband was being attacked. Um, you know, I know we never get political on this podcast. Yeah, never. Um, yeah, we're, we we pretty we, we pre- <laughs> like keep our views under wraps pretty aggressively. I'd say. Yeah, but um, <laughs> that's it. There's there's been a growing amount of like right wing violence happening. Uh, out there in the world um and even though we're a pop culture podcast we talk about culture in general and the amount of right-wing violence that's growing is getting a little bit bad um as much as they try to paint the left and antifa as these violent people um the facts just aren't there to support that and there have been no attacked political figures or political figures families uh from the left wing granted they have made like brett kavanaugh's life annoying which isn't but, pleasant like, as but, soon as but, he made they made brett kavanaugh's life annoying the the Senate was like, let's pass a law protecting Brett Kavanaugh, hundred to one. Yeah, and like, and it sucks to be annoyed. I, I get that. I'd hate to be annoyed too. Um, I would just prefer not to make people's lives worse. But that is nothing compared to your spouse being attacked because someone was probably trying to was literally uh, not probably literally looking for you. Like, yeah, specifically said to was like I was looking for Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, this is getting bad, so get out there and, uh, 
do political action. I know how I edit, so this is going to come out after voting. So well, we hope, hope you, you voted. voted. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little late for the call to action on my end. I apologize. But yeah, make sure you keep voting. It's not. It's still, It's often the least we can do. Even if it seems hopeless. If, like, I live in the state that's about to elect J.D. Vance, and that's terrible. But, you know, I still got to get out there and vote. <laughs> yeah. Um, bad numbers can at least even still so that it's not completely a wash so and hey strange things have happened uh where we're at in pennsylvania there's a lot of people that are like hey yo i'm a i'm on the right but i ain't voting for no damn dr oz it's like every now and then sometimes the wind gets a little too yeah, spicy. i don't know if you uh guys saw this but uh oprah uh endorsed uh fetterman <laughs> uh over <laughs> dr oz <laughs> uh, and she's the yeah. one who basically gave dr oz his career so like his entire nasty little platform it's like yeah good job uh, i guess <laughs> i like to think she did that while he was still just talking about health stuff because again great heart surgeon bad man literally outside of everything outside of that which is like, much like ben miraculous. carson genius neurosurgeon yeah. should not be allowed to do much like, else yeah. really do much else isn't isn't meant to be in, in isn't meant to be in charge of the uh housing and urban development HUD? yeah uh, just because he's a black guy? Yeah. Yeah, that's, and it has that's all that was for. In it. <laughs> I hate when people... Like, hey, we have an urban audience. Like, from the city, or, or are they just black? Like, wh- which is it? Well, black, right? Like, no. No. Uh, I think this is... It's been a rough couple of... Well... That's an understatement. It's been a rough lifetime for black people. Uh, but there's been a couple of just weird, annoying things that we have to deal with that are like, man, this isn't a systemic issue. This is people being kind of bad. Um, I think the Kanye, well, the yay stuff seems to have slowed down. Uh, there's a little bit of humor when he went on that one podcast, like, yo, Adidas can't drop me. And then uh, and the narrator was like, yes, we can. Yeah. <laughs> narrator voice like, bet, like... <laughs> Truly. So that was... Uh, Literally the next day. <laughs> yeah, so nothing is funny about anti-Semitism, but there's a lot funny about a guy saying, oh, I won't be dropped, and then immediately being dropped. <laughs> That's That part is humorous, um, I'd say. So there's that. That's annoying. Um, Kyrie Irving, a basketball player, has been on some uh Finally got suspended. Shit. Yeah. And he's been being he's a nuisance sick. since the beginning of the pandemic because he didn't... He's an anti-vaxxer, so, like, and he's a Brooklyn Nets player, so, like, he's close to my living space, if not anything else. Yeah. So, like, yeah. It's just been a lot of embarrassing stuff. It's, uh, I, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I, I have a lot of understanding for why other black people may be wary of what the government says is a good idea. I'm never going to deny that. Um, there's history. You can look it up. But some of the anti-vax stuff is like, hey, yo, that's not the... You don't have to follow a party line, but that don't make no sense. Like when Nikki's like, uh, my cousin's friend's balls my got too big. <laughs> so Nikki, big. As, <laughs> as black people, we have so many reasons not to trust the government. I think your friend just cheated on his fiance. I don't think it was any deeper than that. Hey, but what do I know? I'm just some guy. And then um, lastly... Uh, Drake dropped an album. Somehow he just keeps dropping albums so fast. How do um, we dropped the bar about making? About? He was making fun of Megan the Stallion for getting shot, which, again, I don't know why dudes keep doing this. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'm glad I mean, she's he's okay. Just also, like she... a weird groomer, like. 
Yeah, Draco's, he did some gr- like... groom, groomer shit. Uh, also, just really a corny guy, which isn't as bad. <laughs> which isn't but a is... crime, but also is unpleasant. You know, it's very unpleasant. Also, I think he shared hentai on his Instagram story. So, probably the most cultured thing he's done, but it's not a good look. Uh, so, there's that. Uh, some fun black people news. Um, apparently, the assistant to Horikoshi, the guy who does My Hero Academia, has oh. been um, uh, the bunny hero, Mirko. I think they have been basing some of her looks off of Megan the Stallion. Uh-huh. And so, Megan the Stallion did a cosplay of Mirko, which is very cool. So she has done Todoroki and Mirko. And people are like, hey, that's cool. Um, and it is cool. So that's pretty much uh, that's the update from the correspondent. Uh, that was a little bit of self-indulgence. Just wanted to have the Black People Minute. Things are very good. Uh, you're, you're allowed to have as many Black People Minutes as you want <laughs> on your own podcast that you invented. <laughs> hey, we're still riding the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll have as many minutes as I can because uh, we are... Pl- we are having uh, one of very last few parties on Black Twitter. Uh, the ship is going down, and we're like, hey, yo, we're going to ride this ship all the way down, because it wouldn't have been floating quite the same without us. Uh, and there'll be a jump ship, probably. Black Tumblr popped off at the time, too, so uh, there will be a spot. But, yeah, ha, ha, y- y'all hear about Twitter? <laughs> Elon Musk had to buy Twitter. Yeah, what have and, uh, I heard a thing or two about it. I have heard many things, yeah. and I have I have many opinions on it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh so. It's so weird to say this because I don't know who the, uh, I mean I have a target demographic for how we do the podcast, but I don't know who our demographic currently is. So I can't imagine too many people that are like, yes, I listen to to to, to Geekly Reveal, and I have never heard of Elon Musk buying Twitter. Uh, but in case <laughs> you are in that, welcome, glad you're here. Sorry for the psychic damage you're about to incur. Um, but I think Elon Musk made, like, a troll bid to Twitter, but he doesn't know how to troll, as we found out. So it was actually, he had to follow through with it. Um, and as he became the owner of Twitter, seems like he fired mostly everybody, if not everybody. Something like 70% and of the staff was let go on a lot, Friday. A lot of layoffs, most, if not all, of the board, a lot of the maintenance crew. And uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. And Twitter, there was already apparently hemorrhaging money. Is now have has entered mega hemorrhage mode. Uh, yeah, he this, wants is, people this to... might be setting a better record for immediate loss of value than Tumblr did yes. when Yahoo bought it for like three million, three billion dollars, and it immediately went down to like twelve million. Well, I mean, it it immediately lost value in that part of his way of purchasing, like financing the purchase of Twitter, was like leveraging twelve point five billion dollars of the purchase against Twitter itself. So now Twitter is in twelve point five billion dollars of additional debt. So So like I mean the best case scenario here is that the bank repossesses Twitter. <laughs> that would be real weird. I don't I don't know if they can really do that. Like I don't think you can repossess like an asset like that. But like it's a. Uh, in addition to like you know like we have our opinions on elon musk being like just a shit person and you know that it's real fucked up to buy a company announce that one of the ways that you're going to try to make this company profitable is by laying off like 70 percent of the staff going through with that but then also requiring the remaining staff and developers from your other company to work 80-hour weeks in order to try to come up with these things like 
I want it so that people can pay for a blue check mark. Or, you know, I want this sort of advertising to be possible and forcing these people to work insane hours in order to come up to do these like absolutely like doo-doo brained ideas. Like it's <laughs> truly truly batshit ideas. Yeah. Like and also just like God, I don't know, like this is how our, uh, but probably by the time you hear this, I will be out on strike. And it is just wild how people think that they can, that they're going to be able to do the things that you have spent your whole career learning to do very quickly. And, like, it's absurd to ask anyone to do that. And, like, I don't know, it's just, it's so, like... The thing about Elon Musk that I will never understand is that if I had, if I was the richest person on the planet, you would never hear from me again. Yeah, I would just be gone. Like, you you just wouldn't have to see me. Like, it's fine. Uh, I would have donated most of it, and I will disappear for, say, have enough to live my entire perfect life on an island somewhere. Like, yeah. Um, but suffice to say, like, what this is coming down to is I, I, we have had a discussion, uh, within our our little group here and i I believe we all differ in our opinions on like you know what this means for twitter and like the historical significance of twitter and that kind of stuff i would just encourage people if you are a heavy twitter user to maybe examine why you're using it where else could you get that interaction how else could you get that like information like what are you really getting out of it and maybe consider that anything you do on twitter now supports elon musk (laughs) so just keep that in mind. Yeah. <clears throat> there's there's that aspect of it for sure. I think uh, no matter where you end up doing, who you, who you like and not support, uh, it is a good idea in general to wonder why you're using any given service and what you're getting out of it. Um, I think that's really good advice. Uh, spe- like now and all the time. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us do things compulsively. It's and something... I have an unrelated point of that that I'll get to later on. Remind me um, towards the end when I start talking about Blizzard. Yeah. Of why people are doing stuff. Um, but a lot of things we support, like why do we use like Amazon, for example? Why do we uh, mm. use Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok? If you have a reason, even a bad reason or a flimsy reason, that is a reason. If the reason is just because, it's probably time to reevaluate some stuff. Yeah. Just to, and if you feel like I, I'm guilty too, if you feel morally conflicted about certain things, like of supporting a platform, you know, like just know that there are there are alternatives. Like you can find other places to get what it is you might be get. Like unless it's a completely unique experience that you feel like you can only get from wherever it is that you are getting it from, and mm-hmm. in which case that, like, tell me what that service is and where what it is you're getting out of where it because it? I I'm curious. I want to know if there is like some sort of extremely unique, uh, you know experience out there on the internet that you feel like you can't leave and also is being managed poorly or or misappropriated in some way uh like i always like one of the things that i appreciated about tumblr was that uh like before it had its little meltdown um was that previous to actually making a tumblr i had been going to like 12 different sites a day to look at memes 
And then I had, like, literally there were, like, several different of the, like, subsets of the I Can Has Cheeseburger network where I would go and, like, scroll until I'd caught up. And then, like, I was like, okay, we're going to get on Tumblr, and then all of this will be in the same place. And I only have to go to one site and scroll until I catch up. Yeah, having, like, a media aggregator is certainly something that, like, Tumblr and Twitter, to an extent, do very well. And Reddit, like, Reddit is a media aggregator in a way as well, but it's also mm-hmm. social media. Um, it's, uh, this is just kind of like a, like, a flashpoint where, you know, what happens post elon musk purchase of twitter might define in a way like how people engage with social media and what social media is going forward uh because like specifically like jack the guy who like developed twitter and got it off the ground has like started his own new project because uh in part of the buyout elon didn't make him sign a non-compete clause or anything so that's pretty funny um, well he left before this happened anyway right? yeah but like, like either way the- like yeah, he wasn't in part of the buyout, but so. He, but that's a weird decision to make. Like, I'm not gonna. He's like, what's stopping? Jack? He's like, if Twitter's so good, why is there no Twitter too? There will be. Yeah, like that's the thing. <laughs> is like Jack has like talked about working on a. Um, I believe they're calling it a like decentralized social media. So social media that exists like almost akin to you are building the social media that you want to see. And it's no longer going to, like, a primary platform to do it. Uh, I'm curious Mm -hmm. to see what that is and how it works out. Uh, Because that sounds kind of like a... You could almost call, like... I feel like that's almost like a MySpace 2.0 where you can just add, like, whatever widgets you want to your page. Right. Or or I was even thinking, like, almost like Discord as a platform. Like, if you think about it, Discord is social media in that you are subscribing to specific channels and talking to specific people and sharing specific things... And, like, that's kind of like a decentralized social media, because you're not, like, you don't just go to the Discord homepage and see everything that's happening on Discord. Um, yeah, I think um, Mastodon is kind of like that, yeah, in a and, way, right? Yes, yeah, Mastodon's like that. Before you get to the problems that it has. Yeah, and, you know, like, co-host is kind of like that in a way, too, because it's like, you only really see what it is that you, like, uh, like, the groups that you, like, you in order to see somebody you have to follow them and they have to allow you to follow them like it's mm-hmm. you know it's interesting in that and we'll i think that there is kind of a movement towards like not immediately public social media like not everything has to be front facing or like you know out there for the whole world to see uh yeah it's 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 interesting what like the can of worms that social media has as far as like the networking standpoint because myspace really was you could follow musicians and celebrities but those were like fan pages those weren't like theirs so you mostly just talk to your friends and the same with facebook really yeah um and you could follow pages again but they're explicitly not your friends right um something about started i don't know where it started maybe pre-tumblr twitter but kind of with those it was more of hey i have a it's that whole microblogging sort of thing. Yeah. But everyone's mm-hmm. feed is all at once. And it's like... Uh, uh, following somebody felt more flippant because the stuff they were posting was more flippant or uh, fly-by-night. Like, hey, I'm going to follow Sega because I'd like to know what they're saying every now and then. But not enough that I would check their webpage every day. But as these were gaining popularity, it became more of a... Well, that's where I'm finding out about that news anyhow. Um, especially with so much information just coming in 
you kind of had to follow things that way since no one ever really used RSS feeds for whatever reason. I never learned how to use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought for, there was a p- brief period in life where, well, there was a brief period in life when I was on LiveJournal that you could subscribe to RSS feeds and they would come up in your friends page on LiveJournal. But after the Russians bought LiveJournal, then... <laughs> then it was like okay well i'm not gonna be on live journal anymore yeah and i think this could be a good time for for blogs to make a comeback or to be a thing that people follow i remember i used to write for a blog way back when back in the day Uh, (laughs) and it felt like we would find stuff from places and other people would find stuff from places so whether you followed like say us or um uh whether you would follow us or like um what was the name of it? What was the name of the blog where it was like a feminist blog about the Mary geeky Sue? St- the Mary Sue, yes, thank you. You could go to their site or the site that we wrote for, and like maybe you could find stories through there to branch out. But I don't know if I was like, I just want to find out about general stuff. I don't know where I would go. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just like, like for me, like I have a professional element to being on Twitter that like. I'm not, I don't know, I don't, um, I don't know that I've ever gotten a book deal, like, from a Twitter Twitter interaction, but it is a big way that people connect in the writing community. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, I kind of feel similar in that standpoint that I don't know how many major connections I've gotten necessarily through mm-hmm. Tumblr, but I have there's been people on this that we've had on the podcast that I've literally mm-hmm. only met because of uh because of Twitter, right? Uh yeah. a lot of friends of the show. It's like we've only there may maybe we could have connected through email, but I I feel like you get a chance to see people a little bit more personally of like, oh that person would probably be fun to talk to. They can look at my post history, see if I'm you know, you see an email, you're like, well what's this person's publication? I'm not going to listen to hours and hours and tens of hours of their podcast to see what they're like, but I'm going to do a quick scan. Is this, does this person retweet racist stuff? Do they follow bigots? Like, no, okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. I'll, I'll jump on their podcast. Um, so I, th- I think there's some benefit there, but I think we might see a resurgence of just like this decentralized uh, blogs, websites, maybe web rings and stuff like that. Um, and then yeah, and Discords I mean, and like. Forums. In, uh, against, uh, against Twitter's defense, Anna Mardal is back, so, uh... Well, there's... <laughs> there's, uh, I, yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly something. I, uh, look, YouTube has lots of great content on it. Just because Steven Crowder's there, that doesn't mean the platform's inherently bad. That just means it's run <laughs> poorly. Uh, and just because Anna Mardal is back on Twitter doesn't mean that... Twitter was inherently a bad place. What did, uh... What did he recently do? Uh, oh, he was the one who outed himself as, uh, being a Lockheed Martin legacy hire. Oh, no, I, I remember that. What was the, oh, okay. the recent thing? Was it, I don't... I don't know if there was a more recent thing. That's the reason that they that he left Twitter. Okay. I thought Was getting was... piled on from that, but it's very possible that he did something else in the meantime. Okay. 
so much of the world. So that's, I mean, that's that whole saga. Um, I'm currently uh, experimenting with co-host and going back to Tumblr. I have a Discord. I have a bit of a platform here, I suppose. So uh, if you all want to find me, you know where to find me. There's always notes. It'll be in the link tree. Yeah, at Brother Dom all over the internet, as you've heard. Yeah. So you saw a musical. Oh boy, I did. Tell me about tell me about that. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) so I saw um 1776 this week. Um, and it is it's on Broadway for a limited run. And the gimmick of it is that um, they have kept the original musical as is, um, but have recast all the roles as uh, women and non-binary people and with a really diverse like mix of ethnicities. Okay. Um, and the, so, like, the thing is, is that... It's colorblind casting, but in a musical where that doesn't make sense kind of thing. Um, Because 1776 is about the struggle over the summer of 1776 (laughs) to agree on what should be in the Declaration of Independence um, and um, whatchamacallit, like, and there's a whole large part of the second act that is about the compromise of taking a condemnation of chattel slavery out of the uh, the declaration so that North and South Carolina would sign it. Um, and so, like, but they have a black woman playing John Adams, a black woman playing John Hancock, like, Native American woman playing the delegate from Connecticut, like, but it doesn't ever reckon with that part of it. Like, like, it you can't have a colorblind ca- casting and then in the song that's called Molasses to Rum, where they talk about slavery, only have the black people in the cast, like, be the back out- backup dancers for that number. Like, because you're acknowledging then that race does exist in the context of your narrative. And just, like, basically there was, like, a whole hullabaloo a couple weeks ago because the one of the actresses in it did an interview that was like where she was like i uh like i don't think that i like i think this is a creatively bankrupt production but and so like i'm only giving like 75 percent of my best any given night but you know a job's a job and like that's just bad taste to like that's when you're getting a paycheck from someone like and i say this as someone who's about to go on strike against their company like don't like, but I also don't go out on the on Twitter and say output. that I. <laughs> yeah, I don't go out on Twitter and say like, yeah, I'm only really ever giving fifty percent. Like that's just like not, and like I I don't want the show to close. Obviously, I'm very happy that all of these people who are extremely underrepresented on Broadway are getting a paycheck out of this. But of like, course. it just it felt the same way as when we when I when we saw Carousel and they had done colorblind casting for that too, but the only black person that they cast was as the abusive boyfriend. Get her done. That's a um, Tyler like, ass move. And it's like it was a really proceed like I mean, it's the romantic lead in Carousel. It's a huge it's like a very storied musical, like a very like like a role that like it's like Hamlet for like dramatic actors. It's like something you want to have played. 
but also you when you are the only black man in a show like there's an undue like burden on you that like i don't know it just is not it doesn't engage with race in any meaningful way and and it doesn't challenge as much as I think it could. And then there's also an extremely, extremely cringy, uh, like, self-congratulatory, like, video montage during one of the songs where they play, like, a montage of clips from, like, the civil rights movement and, like, gay marriage and, like, union movements and climate change movements and, like, the March for Our Lives. And it's just, like extremely cringy and self-congratulatory and i was just like i think that's a lovely contrast with hamilton because these were both like obama era musicals right well no 1776 is from is a much older musical it's like a golden age musical i remember because people were talking about it around hamilton so i didn't know if it was older okay well that's that's actually the musical starts out with sit down john right that's what that that's from in hamilton Gotcha. Okay. No, I do think still. I think my point still stands that it's an interesting contrast um, with 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 uh, with Hamilton being this sort of like Obama era thing. You know, when things were quote unquote supposed to be good, right? And mm-hmm. Hamilton discusses race, but I don't think it ever confronts it quite the same way. Um, like, there's not a situation where you have someone saying like, "Oh, well, you're white and I'm black, so that's a problem." It's just like, yo, dog, you have slaves. And it, it is interesting. I, I like the idea of colorblind casting in the sense of it can do an alternative interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you ever see like on TV tropes when someone covers a song by someone of a different gender and doesn't change any of the pronouns. Yeah, it adds like an interesting element to the reading, but it's being conscious. I think that's because you're being conscious of gender uh, and consuming it. And consuming it, yes. And sometimes when people are like, oh, oh, I covered this and I didn't change the pronoun, so I wanted to be like, instead of like a lady going after her husband, this is like a like a gay love story or something like that. And I think when you gender and colorblind cast something, it can change the meaning or look at it. But with Hamilton, I think the primary reason, if I were to guess, that that's a colorblind casting was mostly just because they were rapping. Like, Lin-Manuel Miranda read, <laughs> read Hamilton's biography, so, like... <laughs> Good. Well, even so, with that, like, it's colorblind casting in terms of, like, what race plays what character, but there it's also race-conscious casting in that there's only one character who will be played by a white person. Yeah, so there was also, yeah, there was that consciousness to it, too, of, like, hey, well, we need the king to, to be a white guy. Like, he's the only unanimously bad guy. <laughs> um, like... Like, in this, like, for example, one of the understudies was playing the, um, like, the congressional, like, servant, I guess. Okay. Like, the, um, the, the one they're always sending for, like, rum or whatever. And, um, she was the only, like, very butch black woman in the cast. And yes. it just felt, like, weird that, like, she, that a person of, like, who looked like her was being put in this kind of, like, berated role. When everyone to, else was more femme, so like yeah, you definitely got to be conscious of those things. And I think Hamilton did a pretty okay job with being conscious with that, at least for its like original run. I think um, the problem with it just became like, "Yo, David Diggs is hot, but 
Jefferson was a shitty ass man. So like, <laughs> there's some dissonance going on here. Um, I, I just find that contrast uh, very interesting. Uh, just be, you know, the, these these stars gave such like uh, like magnetic performances. People were thirsting over Jefferson and doing weird stuff. Was like, no, you're just thirsting after David Diggs. <laughs> he just happens to be yeah. playing Jefferson in this moment. I don't think you would. And, like, uh, the woman who the played Jefferson last night, also very talented and very hot. Like, yeah. and also like eight months pregnant. I just kept thinking, like, like girl, what if you heart start having contractions on stage? Like, you are a large part. You, she's like the second main character of the musical because, like. John Adams, like, kind of, like, strong-arms Jefferson into writing the Declaration of Independence, and, like, so they, but they, like, hate each other kind of thing. It also, funnily enough, they gave her a purple coat, which is, like, I don't know if Jefferson just canonically wore purple coats a lot, but, like, that is this, it was a weird kind of parallel because Jefferson's costume in Hamilton is also, like, a purple frock coat, like... Yeah, I, but, I would have to do some research with that, but I could imagine maybe he wore, like, gaudy colors, you know, being the mm-hmm. I love Funnily enough, man. though, yeah, funnily enough, too, uh, the actual Jefferson was a redhead, like this woman was. Uh, oh, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he was a really... Was like gray. Yeah, he was a pasty... Well, he wore wigs, too, but, like, yeah. do you wear wigs? Have you seen the TikTok of that? Uh, it's, it's a, it's a extra, it's an old, um, Lord of the Rings behind the scenes interview, but someone uh, said it to the, the under the sea music, but it's just like one of the, one of the other hobbits asking Elijah Wood, like in a really comical, like pretending to interview him. And he's like, do you wear wigs? And Elijah's like, ha ha ha, no, I do not. Like, but someone said it to under the sea. So it's like, do I wear wigs? No, I do not. Will you wear wigs? Like. But yeah, anyway, we're gonna, we had a, a brief hiatus from having Eric here with us for technical purposes, but we're gonna bring him back in now. Yes. Cut uh, off the musical yeah, we chatter. Will, we'll stop doing musical chatter so we can do something else rhythmic, and uh, we'll be back in a second, you won't even notice it. We're gonna do a 3, 2, 1, clap, y'all ready? <laughs> yep. <laughs> do twice. Bum, 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 3, 2, 1... Three, two, one. My second is visually late, so interesting. I will hear. <clears throat> so yes, um, let's move on to from musicals to musical stuff. Uh, you also s- did I have a point? Nope, didn't have a point. You saw the Weird Al movie, right? <laughs> Yes, I just watched it uh, right before we recorded. Um, It stars Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al. Radical Um, Cliff. (laughs) Daniel Radical Cliff. Um, And it is delightful in that it is completely falsified. Because Weird Al is just like a pretty regular straight-edge dude whose parents supported him uh, (laughs) following his dreams. And who has made a completely, like, kind of non- like uh like inoffensive career for himself um but this is it's kind of like a parody of almost like bohemian rhapsody like his his dad destroys his first accordion so he runs away (laughs) and like um 
he's dating Madonna, and then he, then Madonna's kidnapped by Pablo Escobar because Pablo <laughs> Escobar is Weird Al's biggest fan, and he's like a multi-platinum performer, but he tracks Madonna down through the jungle to save her. Um, I had read that there was, I, like, originally the plot was also going to involve, like, time travel and stuff, like... <laughs> <laughs> it would have honestly in the the progression of the story it would have made sense it wouldn't have made, it wouldn't have been strange but yeah um it was very funny because weird al is actually the mean uh play he plays the mean record executive in the movie um who's like songs that are already written but just with different words that will <laughs> never make a career um but yeah, it's uh, very just delightful and tongue in cheek. There are a lot of like, like Rain Wilson's in it. Um, Patton Oswalt has a cameo, and then like Conan O'Brien is in it, and a bunch of other like cameo performances from other comedians. Um, is the Twinkie but... Wiener sandwich in it? It is not. Dang, that was from his other movie that he did. It's uh, uh he like it's like a. Twinkie that you cut in half, you put a hot dog in it, and then put cheese on it. It looks foul. <laughs> no, thankfully I was not assaulted with that image. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, uh, but just like a like, just like Jack Black is there. Uh, it was just like a scene where they're like, "If you're so good, come up with a parody right now." And it's like, "Who are you?" It's like, "I'm the bassist from Queen." It's like, <laughs> it's like, I bet you can't parody another one bites the dust, and like. Then the entire like pool party turns into like a jam session, and it's just uh, extremely fun. Highly recommends. Uh, less than two hours, free on the Roku channel. Like, I love the idea that Weird Al's like my life isn't particularly like interesting, other than the fact that I'm a famous musician who like has made a lot of people happy. I want to tell a story though. Let's just make up some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's very in the vein of like what like weird like what he's about so like that's real cool i'm glad that it was uh yeah evan rachel wood is uh plays madonna she's like does very good job uh but she's just like every time that she appears she's in a very madonna like very specific like you know like like the armbands and the fingerless gloves and like the cutoff shirts like just very like like Madonna probably didn't dress like that every single day, right? But, like, but just like the different era, like the different like images that the public would have of Madonna in their head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's and his agents funny. like his agents like she's just she's just coming after you because she knows that there she knows about the Yankovic bump that whenever you parody a song, <laughs> it immediately doubles the original artist's record sales as well. And he's like, no, Madonna really loves me. That's very good. <laughs> Josh Groban was there. <laughs> Lynn Manuel Miranda was there. Oh, never mind. I don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> For less than thirty did seconds, all up. But oh, okay. He did, did not he rap? rap. Did he bite his lip? No, I don't think so. Okay. Why was he, why was he why, there? Yeah, why was he there at all just, then? <laughs> just to be recognized and have two to things laugh. he can do. <laughs> his, his most. Uh, yeah, popular. Dimitri Martin was in it. Oh, that makes God. sense. Yeah. Somehow, people, yeah. I don't, why but does all that playing, but but not playing them. None of them are playing themselves. All of them oh, playing no, of like uh, like pop idols from or like not e- not e- not pop in the sense of like boy band pop, but like pop right. in the sense of like Andy Warhol and yeah. like David Bowie kind of pop idols. Was was um, 
I didn't know was Dimitri Andy Martin Warhol? was still doing stuff. Yeah, he still. I still think he still tours. Was 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 Andy Warhol played by Bill Hader? Because that would have been hilarious. I don't think so. I think it might have. That might have been Conan. Okay, because Andy, because Bill Hader, I think was Andy Warhol in Men in Black Three, right? I think so. I didn't see Men in Black Three, the time travel one. Yeah, they went back in time. <laughs> like the song says, Conan Worldwide. <laughs> Conan as Andy Warhol is a very funny image to me because Conan is very tall. Giant <laughs> He's just a big uh, dude. <laughs> all right, yeah, so. Paul F. Tompkins was in it. Oh. Like all these yeah. names that just Emo, like, make sense Emo that they Phillips, would be there. Yeah. There was someone playing. It almost seems like they they like just kind of put out a casting call of like, hey, do you want to be in the Weird Al movie? And like a lot of like artists were probably like, yeah, I like Weird Al. (laughs) Yeah, like Quinta Brunson was Oprah. Like, just I don't know. It was extremely good. She's uh she's popping off. Uh, Abbott Elementary continues to be very very good. Uh, I also love anytime an artist is like, I'm gonna have a show and I'm gonna be in that show. And that character is going to just consistently get dunked on. It's like, yo, you got something to tell us, homie? <laughs> like, why is your character just dunked on in a way that's like that person? They'll make jokes like, man, you're really short. It's like, she's short in real life. It's not like she's just bending down. Like, you're getting made fun of for being short. Why would you do this? That sounds uh sounds like a delightful uh, biopic. Yeah, we, highly if we, recommend. If we should call it one. Um we're also watching some stuff over here on my end. Uh we started watching the K drama while you were sleeping. Um K dramas are wild. Um They sure are. Not like in that, oh, look at what this other culture's doing. It's so kooky. Like the beats make sense. Like it's like South Korea, America, all the places are just people are people. But I heard someone say once that other countries are willing to just go for it in a way that America isn't. Like, uh, I think, was it Elden Ring or Dark Souls that has, like, some giant man that just rides a regular-sized horse, and that's supposed to be funny. Yeah, and that's, it's like, it's, they don't, that's Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, they don't draw attention to it. It's just this giant man on a horse. You're like, that's that's hilarious, but this game's not treating it as a joke. It's like, yeah, but it's funny. Um, where American culture has to be like, wow, look at this guy. Is that horse big enough for you? You know, you have to draw attention to it. Right. Um... This K-drama, is uh, each episode is an hour, and then it has commercials on top of that, so an hour and 15 or whatever. We're watching it on mm-hmm. Hulu. And I swear, the first episode, I was like, y'all didn't need to make a whole series. This had so much in this one episode <laughs> that it was exhausting to watch, like, because I don't speak Korean, <laughs> so I had to obviously read it. And yeah. so many beats, like twists and turns, and I'm like, there was enough in here for a movie. I'm glad there's more show, but if they would have said that's it, I'd have been like, that's that's a good. You told a succinct, a solid story, but you told a whole story. Yeah, but yeah, the plot is basically this: uh, this woman has dreams, and these dreams tend to come true, and uh, she meets a guy, and he starts having dreams that can come true, but he seems to be able to change the future where she does not have seem to have that ability to do. Um, it's kind of rom-com-y. There's, there's definitely like romance, comedy. There's a thriller aspect to it. Um, there's like police procedural type stuff going on because the main guy's a prosecutor, and it seems like there's some crimes he has to try to fix, um, even though he's just a, a lowly prosecutor. And 
she works at her mom's restaurant, but maybe has another job or something. It's very humorous, very sweet, very thrilling. Uh, and just within one hour, I'm like, yeah, I felt pretty much every emotion. Like, I am... Um, I recommend this. I think it's from 2017, but uh, we're, we're a few episodes in, and I haven't seen any reason not to recommend it. Uh, the only reason I would not recommend it is if you uh, have difficulty reading subtitles for whatever reason. Maybe you get hard of seeing um, or something like that, but it's very humorous. Uh, but it doesn't have yeah. puppets. It's no Thunderbolt fantasy. There have not been puppets am... yet. <laughs> right. What, what can live up to the the uh i don't know the bar set by thunderbolt fantasy it's very high uh um, the muppets uh christmas sto- like scrooge story. Carol? yeah okay. like that's a pretty good one <laughs> yeah but that uh, has people in it too thunderbolt fantasy's only it's the puppets perfect, it's a mix it's the marriage of a yeah. muppet in person actually yeah. it's like one person yeah it no, is like one yeah, people just... there's a couple it's people a, my, it's Michael Caine, and I think there's like, incidental people. It's a weird world where Muppets and humans live. Yeah, Michael Caine. Well, I've been watching I, things, too. What have you been talking about watching. watching? Well, I've just been watching a whole lot of Hololive concerts. <laughs> how, oh, yeah. There was, like, a, you told us about a thing. Yeah, so there's a couple that I actually just wanted to, like, point to as, like, hey, this was an interesting thing that they did. First off, um, my favorite, uh, Hoshimachi Suisei, has been on break for two months because she had uh, surgery on her vocal cords. And that's pretty scary for somebody who makes their entire living off their voice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, right. (laughs) But she just came back and the first thing she did was have a live concert on Friday and it was very good. Um, Actually performed with like um, the dj who does like the mixing on like a couple of her albums uh, Taka, uh takana inoue who and he was like there like as like a video but he she, like they were interacting i don't know how the technology worked it was really interesting but they were there um <laughs> and that was cool um but then the other one was uh that I, like there have been a number it's there are so many members of hollow live and they all do events on both their birthdays which may or may not be their real birthdays but it's the birthday of the character and their uh-huh. anniversary, so like the date that they premiered in Hollow Live, and a lot of them will do concerts for both those days. And we're at like upwards of like sixty-ish members of Hollow Live at this point. So, but just like there's always every day, a yeah. Concert. There's there's just always concerts at this point, so it's really hard to keep up. And that's not including like the times where they're just like we just felt like doing a concert, like <laughs> an embarrassment that's... of riches. <laughs> yeah, good problem to have. Yeah, and there's no dearth of content. And in but, you know, like, a lot of them are the very standard, like, oh, they performed their songs, they did some duets or, like, you know, group stuff with some people that you might not have expected, and, like, it was interesting. They did some co- covers of, like, popular songs, and it was cool. But um, the one that I wanted to talk about that I just thought was, like, a really interesting concept was uh, Hosho Marine did what was supposed to be her anniversary concert that was supposed to be back in August, but got delayed to premiere until, like, I want to say the first so like like this past week and it's presented as if it is a 1980s slash 1990s musical variety show like down to the like f- all that yeah kind of well kind of except <laughs> except it was like the just sunny like, share type thing right yeah like the, yeah uh, like kind of like you know there are hosts who are like sitting at a booth like they're not out there on the stage like they're like sitting at a booth and they're talking introducing the different acts or whatever and then it would like cut to the act it's all presented in four by three so like old like standard definition television 
with like mm. letterboxing on the sides to like show That's you like funny. and like the letterboxing would have like the the name of the performers and like the title of the song and they put like nice. a filter over it but they didn't just slap like a you know a like sd an filter, yeah like. like but it looks like they apply like the reason it i think it probably took so long to come out is like it looked like they like uniquely applied it so that it like didn't just look bad it actually looked pretty it didn't just look like someone slapped a filter on something yeah uh and it it, it, it looked really interesting um and the all of the music was from the era as well or like presented as if it was from the era so like some of the songs were like modern songs that they went and redid as if they were like 80s and 90s like city pop or like kind of like uh almost like classic rock in certain ways like i'm talking like beach rock not like classic like yeah. 60s rock it's real weird <laughs> um nice but it was a uh, it was fascinating to watch um it was very it was like one of those things where uh you don't realize you have nostalgia for a thing until you see it and then you're like oh yeah like my older family members watched shit like this <laughs> like mm. um that that is actually very that's interesting yeah huh. it's it's like the idea of you know and like and people in the comments and stuff were or or like on like the subreddit and stuff were talking like a you know it was a, a, a super unique thing to do like it wasn't just a standard performance or whatever and it did give it did kind of give this like cult, cross cultural like oh like we all had this like weird like shared unique cultural experience of these like like kind of I don't want to say like, like kind of like kitschy almost like musical variety shows that it kind of yeah. sounds like like Eurovision in a way yeah like and your also I, like like a like a like an award ceremony but without those pesky awards like just the performances yeah yeah essentially like it, it it's basically you know the here's you know uh 10 songs or whatever with different people or th things in it. it it yeah so very much like eurovision presented that way where there's commentators like i'm just trying to it's pull up to be a fun for the sake of being fun it sounds like yeah i want to pull up and like it did like this whole intro as if it was a television show too um Oh, that's Here. Cute. I'm, I'm just going to link it to you so you guys can see it. I, I know that that won't really yeah. exactly play on the... Uh... <laughs> but we, yeah, can add, we can add more voices to the conversation, you know, and uh, yeah. describe it a few different ways. Let's see here. Oh, share from that moment. But, uh, I just want you to be able to see the, the visual uh, uh, aspect it, it, to it. I'm glad you said that because it reminded me, I was watching a video from uh, this uh, YouTuber called Mike the Snare. I'm assuming his name is mike as in michael but it's mike you know like the microphone and he pre he released a video call he has done music that's defined the last three decades so the 2020s or the sorry the 2010s the 2000s and then the 1990s and for the 1990s one i didn't realize it because i was watching my phone touch try to scroll down he mm -hmm. put it in the four by three yeah um so on your phone i'll show it to you it doesn't it doesn't letterbox it but it'll just like stop it earlier, like in a different yes. spot. Yeah. Um, and he, I was like, oh, he put the '90s filter on it, but seeing the letterboxing, so like looking at this, like, it's it's very strange to look at something that is. It clearly looks as if someone recorded this off of VHS. Yes. <laughs> but things are moving in such a way that's like that's impossible. Yeah. You did not like... film this on a well. 
you could have filmed this on a VHS if you just put it onto a TV. But this was made in the last few years. This yeah. is from the past. And that's... And, and like, the whole uh, intro sequence is so, like, almost like public access television yeah, <laughs> style. Like, yeah, describe to the audience. Like, you see, like, these spotlights. The way that the word art is coming in, it's in Japanese, so you two can read it, but I can't. It's coming in in, like, weird <laughs> effects. It's flying across the screen. And it's like, man, this just gives, like, Saturday Night Live vibes from old clips, like, yeah. telethons and stuff like that. Yeah, like, a, te- um, yeah, a telethon's a-, a very good descriptor of it. Um, yeah. It does a- have extreme telethon vibes. Like, I'm looking at this and it's giving me, like, I'm like, oh, okay, like, VTubers, anime, that's not really my thing, but I see the value in it. But I'm looking at it's like, oh, they're trying to sell me something, I gotta get out of here. I'm like, wait, no, no, they're not. It has the, it has the energy of... What it specifically has the energy of is like uh, commercials for the greatest love songs of all time. Yes, oh, yeah, the yeah. intro specifically, yeah, because it's got like the it's got like uh, moving Things images of like flying across the screen of like of like mid performance <laughs> of certain songs and stuff like that. Yeah, that is exactly what that is. <laughs> Those commercials were yeah. a staple. Like, if there's two things I know. From 2 a.m., it's the Girls Gone Wild jingle and 50 top yep. ballads from your childhood. And then it just immediately fades, like, it just fades to black and then just goes into the first performance. And it's like that old style music. Like, it's it's real, it's a weird thing that they put together, but it's really cool. And I, I like seeing, like, at their little bench or at their, their desk at, with the Hall Live logo. That's a really cool, <laughs> yes. it's, it's a really cool thing to do. And it seems like... As somebody who's not really keyed into the VTuber stuff, it seems like they are trying to do more than just write off of streaming. Yes. Like, a yeah. lot of streamers like, I have a giant audience, maybe I'll play some Among Us, maybe I'll do a sponsor thing, but I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And they're like, nah, I gotta do more, I can't just... Yeah, and, like, they've already been stream. doing concerts for, like, since, like, uh, cover, like, kind of founded Hololive. It's just that they are now like this is like another iteration like you know another one of the talents has done like musicals where like her concerts are more in the style of like there's a plot like a plot line going through it and they perform it as if it's a musical mm-hmm. but this was just interesting because it was like another one of them taking it and being like well how can i make this unique you know how can i make this something that's not just a let's get up there and sing some songs um, yeah, I, pr- mm-hmm. I appreciate like the the striving to do something interesting just to do more yeah um, because this could have, it could have bombed and just been garbage, but they're like, let's take the risk. People will either like it or they won't, but it'll be something different. Yeah, and I mean, it, it I don't know, like, because I didn't see, see it live, so I don't know, like, exactly, you know, how it was received then. But it already has 1.5 million views. <laughs> didn't didn't <laughs> so, flop. And it was streamed originally three days ago from the day of us recording this, so that's, uh a pretty big impact for what is also an hour-long concert so yeah it's pretty solid yeah um very cool i know that's getting a bit bit in the weeds more than i like to do on the podcast about like specific vtubing stuff but hey it's cool we did did someone in the comments yeah someone in the comments said i'm so happy someone recorded this legendary event on the vhs and shared it with us (laughs) (laughs) you see i love i love people being in on the game as well um just having a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Um, a small thing that just sucks. Capitalism's going crazy. So Candy Crush is ten years old this weekend. I just posted this in the chat. Hooray! Oh, I'm so mad about yeah. it. Yeah, I, I saw this, this on. I saw this on Reddit. 
Yeah, apparently uh, in New York, uh, they sent out a, like 500 little light drones because drones can be used for not war, I guess. Um, I guess it's just a, it's a remote control vehicle. It can, al- it can also be used for war on aesthetics Visual, like, and yeah, taste. Like taste. Yeah, they, also, they sent out I, light drones to advertise. Just a slight uh, correction push. to what you said. While it was visible in New York, they did not send them out from New York. They sent them from New Jersey because it would be illegal <laughs> to do it if it was in New York. <laughs> Oh, of course, yeah. They sent them up from Battery Park, I think. Yes. Like, yeah, the, the Battery Park on the New Jersey side. Yep. Yeah, so so people are saying the sky's above New York. If it's in the sky, it's just above everywhere. But right. they just showed the Candy Crush logo and a bunch of other stuff. It's basically just an ad. It's like, bro, you can't put ads into the sky like this, man. Like, this is just... This is gauche. This is bad. First yep. of all, light pollution is already a nightmare in New York. I don't get to see stars until I go on vacation with these losers. Like, <laughs> that's the actual reason that I go hang out with them is just yeah, we so all I know. can see the night sky. Imagine if we were out at the imagine if we were out at the cabin and instead of seeing the night sky, you just saw Candy Crush up in the sky. <laughs> I would commit a crime. I would be in jail right now because I would have committed. That's the thing is, this is a, the future that capitalism has envisioned for us. Is there know, is no escape from the advertisement? A, uh, as the guillotine tattoo says, yeah, living it's, under it's, capitalism seems inescapable, but so did the divine right of kings. It's just kind of funny to see, like, when they did the uh, like Black Mirror that Daniel Kaluuya was in, like with the, the credits or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of oh no, the girl I liked is doing sex work and. You know, there's some misogyny there. But, the, like, the ultimate nightmare was, there's commercials for it, and I can't turn the commercials off. Yeah. It's like, oh, so it's not just a, It's not just... The moral here is commercials are bad. Oh, yeah, like, whatever would have bothered him. It's just that it's a commercial of this. That's um, the one thing that a lot of cyberpunk, like, uh, media does, like... I think some of it does it really well and some of it doesn't, where, like, it really does need to emphasize, emphasize that, like... Th- the the end game is that you don't mo- like you don't live without seeing an ad everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and this is like this is just a moment of them being like, well, yeah, we're gonna put you know drones in the literal sky <laughs> to spell out different bullshit. Yeah, it's it's just like so it's like crass and crappy in a way that could have been less less aesthetically interesting, like. Art artists to some degree were hired to work on this, even if it's just one guy like coordinating it. In my mind, it's like, no, like, and like I think there's a place for drone displays yeah. too. Like this, like it's a this, cool this, thing. This, this, it's a cool thing. It would be a great alternative for fireworks, which are extremely bad for the environment and kick off people's PTSD and scare dogs. Um. I don't know and... how much better like a fleet of like fifty to hundred drones is for the environment. Like I'm not really certain on that because like they're electric i guess it depends on what they're yeah depending on how you're powering them but like at least like they're reusable they're reusable they don't leave a bunch of chemicals in the air like yeah they don't scare dogs well inherently right dogs Uh, might be very frightened by the concept of capitalism going too far (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) um a couple of last things um i'm not gonna get too to, to throw into it uh, a reminder that Candy Crush is owned by Activision Blizzard, so yep. uh, that's that's why they're ABK Activision Blizzard King. King like yep. everyone just forgets that everyone just it's potentially possible Blizzard is a bad company, Activision's worse. I think it's possible King might, might be, be worse, worse than Activision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just that 
<laughs> no one really thinks about their games that much, but like well, everything like hor- they're more insidious because they're like I don't know. It's like the thing that has been driving me crazy lately is as for Royal Match because they're they get people to do cameos like like z-list actors to do cameos talking about how much they love royal match and it's infuriating to me personally because if you buy a cameo from someone you don't have to pay that person residuals to use their fucking nope like that's just like a one-time like ip deal like and now like fucking that person needs that money so they're not really going to say no yeah, it's just, like, infuriating to me. And then, like, the whole premise of the game, the reason it's exciting to have the game is because there are no ads in the game. It's like, I would rather cut off my own arm than download Royal Match at this point because of these extremely annoying ads. Just like the Raid yeah. Shadow Legends ads. <laughs> the thing about that is, I don't understand who the hell is playing this game other than the people they're paying to play it long enough to advertise it and if that's a sustainable model somehow, I don't know how it's sustainable. I, I know that some people must play it. Like, like it has to have a player base. But, like... Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I play Merge Dragons, which I only downloaded because it was advertised to me enough on other apps and also upsold to me. But, but it was also upsold to me by a person I knew who was playing it. Yeah. So, like... So that makes sense. Like, there's lots of obscure games, but, like, everybody knows about Raid Shadow Legends. I've never spoken to somebody who's like, yeah, I play that. I, it's like, almost because my it's brother-in-law become a meme. played Clash of Clans. I I knew Clash plenty of, of people who played Clash yeah. of Clans or Clash, Clash of, of Clans Kingdoms like, yeah. or whatever. Like I I've known people that played that. Yeah, it's not. It's just specifically only Raid Shadow Legends. I've never seen somebody play that. That might game. have a. That might be just because like we being people who exist on the internet and can't escape it. Uh, a lot of like the Raid Shadow Legends meme comes from just like youtubers being paid to just do a one minute and 45 second spot about raid shadow legends and then also acknowledging that it's a garbage thing but they're being paid to say it like you know it's and we just see a lot of it because like they spent a lot of money on that kind of influence and maybe that did end up working on some people where'd they get that money to keep doing that because someone maybe it's just popular in another country yeah i mean definitely it, it has to just not be popular here, which yeah. is fine. It doesn't matter. Um, also, the other thing is all of those motherfucking games that are like, a sad woman whose husband cheated on her goes back to her weird mansion to, and they have to fix things. Yeah, it's like, why there's... is there... Why did you have to create this extremely <laughs> troubling and misogynistic narrative in order to... There are very... There are tons of games that are, like, advertised in very, like, strange ways. Like, the... There was the meme. The makeover games? The makeover games. There was also the meme of, like, the level one thug, level 100 mafia boss or whatever. Like, like all of that, like, it kind of became a meme of advertising in and of itself because, like, these were, like, games that usually have nothing to do with, like, how they are advertising it. It's just. It's like Ebony. Like, it's like you're actually. Yes, the come hither, my lord. Like, (laughs) you won't last 10 minutes playing this game. Yeah, yeah. Like,. It, it's like they it's almost that these advertisements have become such a meme in and of themselves that when you they just keep making advertisements in that style because they know that people will be like ah ha, ha, it's that thing like yeah and eventually it'll get somebody the only ad, the ads that i hate the most are the ones where they're like actually i hate any ad where the person playing the game is clearly playing it suboptimally to try to trick you into thinking oh i'll play that one now i know there's the ones where you run through the gate to do math to get more of an army 
but apparently the ones where, yeah. like, the guy wants to get the gold and you have to move the levers, yes. that's not even the game. And I'm like, why? Yeah, that's the it's, one. It's one thing to sell, like, in World of Warcraft, you see, like, a guy jump. It's like, that's essentially what's happening, but it's not quite that. But you are a fantasy man beating up orcs. It's just not as over the top. That's a whole ass other game. Right. Th- th- there is no lock and lever and gold. Like, that just is there. That's... You could have just made that game. Like someone yeah. else did actually make that game because I downloaded I did play a version of it, but it isn't the one from the ads. Yeah, that's where so you have weird. like a puzzle to solve. Like Yeah, it, it's, it does seem like they could be mildly interesting for an hour or so, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like they were fun to the play. The whole mobile game like sphere and like advertisement sphere is like a very weird thing that it's it it almost stems from like the the old like um websites where you would go and play like uh macromedia flash games that you'd have to pay I for flash games. I, I do too but like there there was Fancy there was let's go. there was a lot of trash in that there though too and a lot of these like websites would advertise that they had all these games by showing images of like popular games that they didn't actually have or like a still that was like an advertisement from something else like it was like these misleading mm-hmm. advertisements and then their website would be full of like Elsa dental Elsa and... Elsa dental hygiene game like all of these like weird like like almost like fetishistic like strange games it's like, it's like I hope this is a fetish because if not what the hell is this yeah and a lot of or them hey, are like also like there was the ones that were like uh hey play Sonic Flash it's like this isn't going to be Sonic and then it is like oh it's just someone made Sonic and Flash it's yeah not great but I guess you didn't lie that's yeah cool. the, it's it, uh, it, it, it you also have to remember like a lot of it like while it is not explicitly allowed to target children, like, it is definitely targeting children by being like, yeah, look at all these colors, funny. and, you know, it's... Yeah. Um, last couple things, let's speed through, because it's getting a little long. Um, I mentioned Daniel Kaluuya, which reminded me that he's in every Jordan Peele movie, um, which reminded me that he's not in Wendell and Wild, uh, a movie that Jordan Peele produced and is in. It's a pretty okay movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's maybe a bit of a teen movie. Like, it's not a kid's movie. I think they say stuff like hell and ass mm. and damn and stuff. Stop motion. Really gorgeous. Uh, it's funny to see Key and Pill doing Key and Pill stuff again. You know, they uh, mm-hmm. they didn't, like, split up forever. They turned on their show. Uh, there's a trans character in there. Uh, they did fall into the pitfall of, tra- of like, dead naming the character, but showing that person was, like, an ir- irresponsible. But also showing them a bad person. Yeah, like, the person was sort of brunch liberal in a way of like oh since they didn't care about that stuff they didn't put a lot of effort into not dead naming that person but it wasn't malicious and people uh-huh. were like you don't have to dead name a character like we get what's going on um and it was you know kind of falls into that straight people trying to put rep uh that said there was a lot of rep there was a cop that had a hijabi which when it's these kids movies there's just like the cops come and arrest the guys that are doing like horrible capitalism so you're like well that's the only logical way to really end this if someone wants to destroy the town for land. We just call the cops and we get to prison abolition later. Um, but it did star like a young black girl. Uh, it's pretty cool. Looks nice. It's on Netflix? I think it's on Netflix, yeah. It, yeah. I put it on our list to, for us to watch. I'd recommend it. Too. It's breezy. There's good laughs. Like I said, Keen Pillar in it. Bing Rames is in it. <laughs> uh, oh, amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a neat little movie. I mean, it's... It's basically like, hey, diversity is great, capitalism is bad, uh, the prison industrial complex is a whole ass thing that's legitimate, and is the bad guy of the movie. Sorry for spoilers, but this nice. is a kid's movie. It's The plot isn't super complex or anything. There's a couple of twists. It's nice. Um, 
Overwatch 2, uh, the Overwatch League finals were this weekend. Dallas Fuel won it all. Sorry for the spoilers. Actually, it was a good match for once. Uh, they showed the new hero. Uh, I think his name's Ramatra. Hold on, let me get the... Ramatra, I think, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's another Omnic guy, right? Yeah, it's an Omnic guy. Uh, yeah, Ramatra. And they had two of the developers talking at the Overwatch League, and they just kind of dropped the lore bomb. To me, it was a lore bomb that they can't make more Omnics because they didn't say why, but that's why they're so, that's why they care so much about like keeping each other alive. And I'm like, I thought it's because they ran out of small animals to put inside the robots. (laughs) 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 They they haven't tried that yet. It could work when Bastion blows up. There's not a rope, an animal in there, but it was like, I thought it was just bad because it was a hate crime and they were sentient. I didn't know there was a finite amount of Omnics. Which raises other questions of where the hell did Arissa come from? Is she even an Omnic? And, like, the lore's not very clear. And I'm scrolling through Reddit and people bringing these other sources in. I'm like, okay, so the story is there, but why did search so far to find it? Why did I have to go deep into a Reddit dive to find this lore blizzard? Yeah, because his name's Dio and he's like, yeah, they can't make more Omnic, so he's kind of protected. I'm like, wait, hold on. Their robots make more. We can make more people. It's like, well, no, these robots have a soul. I'm like... Yeah, how did they get that soul? Apparently somebody... Since when? Yeah, like... Yeah, apparently the thing that gave them a conscience, one robot just went on, like, basically a pilgrimage and, and obtained a soul, and that gave all the Omnics a soul at once. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's <laughs> Excuse how... me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> isn't that how the... In partisan isn't there the prophet's path yeah that's the whole, like, prophet's path thing. Somebody yeah. listened to, to I mean, Austin Walker and... <laughs> I mean, it's pr- it's probably based off something similar. It's also uh, very similar to the uh, <laughs> Mass Effect, the Geth being like, does this unit have a soul? And then suddenly all of the the Geth are like, oh, we all are sentient and have consciousness and souls, quote unquote. <laughs> I mean, I, it could be. I mean, it, I mean, Overwatch is very unique, but also derivative in the same way. Um, like all the characters are based off stuff. Mercy is just basically a mage. Moira is like a necromancer kind of shit. Yeah. But, uh, it, it just raises the questions of, like, wait, so... this The character Efi made Orisa from a busted-up OR-15 unit, which are just OR-14 units that were Omnics, that died, but she just rebuilt them. Like, so, that's like saying I reanimated a human, and there's kind yeah, of a soul this... there, but not really a soul. So, is Orisa Frankenstein? Like... Kind of? Well, like no, Orisa mean... would be Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to see my way into that joke, and then you got there first, so it's okay. Uh, but, so, I mean, that was cool. The, the, Ramatra kind of has, like, a predator look. Seems like he has two stances, so he can be, like, more aggressive or more defensive, depending on what we need. People are worried that he might be overpowered, because Blizzard tends to do that, especially uh, with this new Battle Pass unlock kind of stuff. Um, I wanted to mention, just before, I won't get into it now, just since it's late, but... Again, a lot of people are really upset with the prices in Overwatch 2. Um, and I don't like the prices either, even though I can afford it. I haven't purchased anything other than the Battle Pass before we knew the prices, so that's from before. Um, a lot of people are saying since you can't unlock skins through natural progression, it doesn't feel like there's any reason to play anymore. Um, and I just want to say, and I'm going to keep standing by this, rewards can make a game more fun, but if you're only playing a game for the reward... You're addicted to Skinner boxes, and you need to break that cycle before you start giving people money for re- things you don't want. Yeah. If if completing the game and competing is not doing it enough for you, and you don't think the game can stand on its own without that stuff, 
that's fine. It's not that good of a game then for you. I'm enjoying playing, and I would like to get some new skins, but ultimately, if I'm not getting a reward in a video game besides enjoyment of the time that you spend in it enjoyment yeah i i don't think that's a healthy thing for you like Um, if i hadn't been having a fun time like running around hyrule i would not have found all of the korok (laughs) seeds like i did not 100 percent crash bandicoot any of them because i enjoyed playing them enough but not enough to do some of the batshit stuff that they require to 100 percent their levels yeah um, so if you're only playing for rewards, like, I, 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 I really want you to evaluate why you're doing that and make sure you're not developing any worse habits than you are. That said, if there's rewards in your game, you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg and 8,000 hours to get those rewards, and there's no reason a skin should cost 20, or $20. That's, I don't see the need to do that for, like, your regular legendaries. Maybe events or something every now and then, but on average, I don't agree with that, but yeah. Um, last thing... Uh, I don't know if you saw this. This is going to probably pertain to Eric a little bit more. Um, did you see the comments that Yoshi P made, I think, about Final Fantasy sixteen? Um, with... I did not. Okay. I saw it just because of your Twitter. Yeah, uh, so he recently had an interview. He's the director for 14. And, I and think he's, been, he's, about... he's working on 16. He's like one of the yeah. leads on it. So, yeah, they asked him about will there be, like, brown or black characters in there, and he was like, that doesn't really fit, like, the aesthetic. There's not, like, we're trying to, like, I don't know if you saw it. Um, Ultimately, we felt that while incorporating ethnic diversity into Volistia was important, an over-incorporation into this single corner of a much larger world could end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves. The story we are telling is fantasy, yes, but it's also rooted in reality. Um, it's the whole, like, you know, reality not, where black people don't exist. Yeah, like, the, it's not historically accurate to have brown people, even though I'm assuming Chocobo will be there. Right. And it's I just mean, one of those things of it turned a lot of, like, black fans off, like, man, this sucks. Like, yeah, it. I understand what he's trying to say, where, you know, like, if, if you are saying that it's quote unquote grounded in reality, like, and it's supposed to be, like, this fantasy thing, like, it's a medieval setting, like, the reality of that might be that, like, there were kingdoms of just white people. Like, that is a thing that did happen. Like, look at, like, you know, like, there there were certain areas that did that. Yeah. It's weird that you would say that you want to tell a story about that in particular. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really understand it. Um, I. It almost feels a little saying the quiet part out loud by accident. Yeah. Um, like, I. I, I don't feel any need to or have any sort of defense to mount of this statement. Like, I, you know, this isn't a you're going to regret your words and deeds, at least, like, <laughs> moment uh, when you find yeah. out about why there's only white people in <laughs> Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, there's uh, not, like, some grand statement. He's just like, we're trying to recreate medieval Europe, so we don't have darker people in there, which is apparently not even 100%. Um, yeah, it's, it's not accurate. Like no. there were black people around yeah. that time. It's just you mean like certain places. It's just right. It's just it's a weird thing to do. Um, I. It's also it's like it's like made double weird by the fact that like there are like a there's a very diverse cast of characters in Final Fantasy fourteen, the other game that he's like the lead on. Like it's. Like, I guess they don't have the best, like, you know, representation of sexuality and stuff like that, but that's also because, like, they just don't touch on sexuality. Like, there's very little, like, relationship-esque content in Final Fantasy XIV. Um, yeah. 
I. It's kind of like yeah, like the Marvel movies are like people are like where's the queer relationships of like the yo there's hardly straight relationships right. Like, I think the only two people who ever kiss are just Steve Rogers and like two Carters. And honestly, like, the closest, Tony, the closest does thing Tony even kiss Pepper. Like yeah. <laughs> And like the closest like, the, in Final Fantasy fourteen, the closest thing we've seen to like an actual relationship is between two girls. Like, and I say girls because they're like fifteen and sixteen. Like, it's so it's mm-hmm. you know like, which that's fine. Like, it's that that's like you know like a they're like yeah high it's school like, it's romance. It's a cute thing, yeah, not a gross yeah. thing. Okay, it's cool, a cute cool. thing, not a gross thing. It's also just very weird words. Like, people are like, oh, I hope they're together. It's like, yeah, that's people are rooting for that because it's literally the only relationship we've seen in this game. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh. It's like where's where's the gay people or the straight people? It hates those two. Yeah, if you're not like, getting it from here. It's... The only other one is like you could argue is a gay relationship between like well then again the it's like the this ancient race where it's like they didn't really have gender like they're you know it's whatever but it it's talk about bury your gays they buried yeah. all the enemies in the past yeah it's just very weird <laughs> uh weird uh, like I don't. I don't want to put the blame solely on him because I'm betting that it was like a creative team decision. Like he is not the the like yeah. the the guy I, making I, every call. So yeah, I'm not gonna say this was purely Yoshi P was like, hmm, well, we could have black people, but but fuck them. Right. It was probably the whole team was like, <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. Like eh. yeah, and like you know, it remains to be seen. Like it it could also be that like there may only be six important characters and one of them is black so like that's still like at least one out of six like yeah that would be you, cool you I know what I, you know what i mean like it could be that like it doesn't really sound like he's saying uh i don't know it's it's weird that's a very weird statement <laughs> yeah there was like a whole interview and it was kind of like and we're like, yeah, we knew this was going to come up kind of thing. And it kind of sounds like they just didn't think about it or didn't right. care. It might have been something that, like, like, if you think about it, like, being developed by a, like, wholly Japanese team, like, Japan is very, like... Uh, ethnically homogenous? Yeah, ethnically homogenous. Like, there's not a very large, diverse population in Japan. So it just might yeah. not be something they considered, which is possible. But Yeah, it's just rough, like... With, with, like, worldwide uh, content rollouts? Yeah, I'm thinking of, like, stuff like... I mean, like, Full Metal Alchemist has lots of racial diversity in it. Yeah, but, yeah and, I, I'm not saying that and it's... And it's also a European-based fantasy. Like, I, I'm not saying it's a good but, thing that they didn't put any of it in there. I'm just saying that, like... <laughs> oh, no, yeah, like, like... Maybe one of the things is that, like, that team just didn't consider it because it's not part of their lives. You know, it's... Yeah. Which is a bad uh, bad way to approach media, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no, I can I can understand where it comes from. It's just uh, it, it you know it really sucks for the Black Final Fantasy fans. They're yes, like, it does. Like, but would they rather have another Barrett, uh, all of the original <laughs> Final Fantasy VII? Because like that, yeah, that's worse. Like. <laughs> Hey, it's, I, I'm not asking for another Barrett because we had to hear so many like, there's so many great black characters like Barrett. It's like, I don't know if that's the win you think it is. <laughs> right. Also, that's one. So, <laughs> one. In fact, I, I one don't. One could argue that was like a bad character based on a few things, but he yeah. did look cool. So, you know. He had a gun arm. That's very cool. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's pretty much everything. It, it, it was a long week, so it did call for a little bit longer of an episode. Also, you know, five uh, star content, five star runtimes. Also, everything hey. broke on my end. Very, 
suddenly. That happened too. <laughs> it was so weird. You just froze and then you're like, oh, my computer crashed. I'm like, good, 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 good. I love that. I love yeah. that for us. That was me too, but, of a sudden, like, I hope that Audacity backed that up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe give them the snaps because it did. Um, cool. It's it's time to end. Um, time to end. It's Steph, time to like stop. To people about our... Uh, our current social media biz before we start doing what we need to do in the future. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you want to find us on the internet, you can do that. Uh, you can start by going to our link tree, which is linkter.ee slash character reveal, um, where you can find links to everything. Um, but if you want to go directly to those places without taking that intermediary step, you can find us on Twitter at character rev. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at character reveal. Um, you can find our podcast and your podcatcher of choice under character reveal. And you can find uh, this podcast as well in your browser, uh, characterreveal.simplecast.com. You can also, let's see, you can find us individually on the internet. Uh, Eric is Tindy Losi anywhere he wants to be found. And Dom is Brother Dom. Including now on co-host. So. Eric's now on co-host. Um He's our he's our, our frontiersman into the the co-host world. Oh yeah, you can find um, me there too. Uh, we'll write it into the spiel. Um, I have a place there too. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, and then uh, you can find me, Captain Steph, on Twitter, the Snow Queer on Tumblr, and Hello Steph on Instagram. And uh, you can support our podcast on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/CharacterReveal, or you could buy coffee from our other sponsor. Yeah. We're sponsored by Grinding Coffee Company. They make delicious coffee. It's a uh, queer-owned, black-owned, fair-trade, delicious coffee. Guess what? I had some on vacation. You'll never guess. It was delicious again. Uh, woke me up the days I needed to be waking up. I woken up. The only time I didn't have it was when I was not in the mood for coffee because I was sick. Uh, it's really good stuff. It, it'll brighten your day. Uh, other people will say, man, this is really good stuff. Where'd you get this? And you can like, <laughs> well, you'll, it's from this great place called Granite Coffee Company. Uh, it's, it's really delicious. The, as the fall season's uh, pretty much in full swing and we're starting to be in that weird period between Halloween and the winter holidays, there's just no holidays in November. Um, there's like I, I, I don't know. There's like Black Friday, but I, I don't know why we celebrate Black Friday when we do. Um, but yeah, uh, the coffee, is, it, it's good. You can get it in all the formats. Uh, K-cups, beans, grounds, whatever you need to get that sweet, sweet caffeine into your sweet, sweet mug to get into your sweet, sweet bloodstream. Uh, so that's Grinding Coffee Company. And they have, uh, since they're sponsoring us, you can use our offer code character reveal all one word for ten percent off your order. That helps us, that helps you, and that helps them. It's a triple win. WWW, get it three W's, grinding coffee company. Check them out, use the link in our description, uh, or search them up on your browser and use our offer code and it'll be it'll be great. It's it's, it's good for all of us. Yeah. Uh listeners, check it out. We did it, you did it. Pat yourself on the back. You got through another episode of Geekly Reveal, the world's best queer podcast and best podcast that'll tell you about uh, Overwatch musicals and Hollow Live. Where else are you going to get that? Probably not very many places. Uh, it's good stuff. So thanks for listening. That's to what another. diversity actually means. That's what diversity <laughs> is. Diversity of thought. You know, I'm, I, it's too late for jokes. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Until next time. See you later. Bye. Bye.